2: Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes.
0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. This is
1: Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you.
2: If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
0: The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
3: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for a special edition of Force Center. It is the main show, it is the big show, with the superstar Star of our fleet, but this is a special edition, and I am joined by Joseph Scrimshaw to talk about The Last Jedi novelization.
1: I am ready to be all special edition about this special expanded Last Jedi story. <laughs> the, yeah, so many specials, expanded, so many superlatives.
3: Yeah, uh, Joseph and I are here together in the, in the cockpit to talk about the expanded, I've never seen a book labeled expanded edition. Yeah, expanded I would like from to see what? See, the
1: movie be the shortened edition from the novel. Yeah. <laughs> no one ever marketed a movie that way. See the Last Jedi yeah. shortened.
3: Absolutely. Uh and uh look, I love you guys out there. Uh, you've been uh, asking us about this novel, you've been asking us about the documentary and the special features of the Last Jedi itself, which is released on digital hard copy on the way and uh, Joseph, you me and Jennifer are going to dive into that on the next four seconds. That's
1: right. We're going to download the digital and then we're going to buy the hard copy. So, Disney, your marketing is working <laughs> because we can't wait two weeks to talk about the documentary and the deleted scenes. We're uh, going to download those and we're going to get yeah. on it for the next main show, uh, which is just kind of fascinating to have all of this content right. for The Last Jedi. Um, uh, again. This book and <laughs> the deleted scenes and our some of the deleted scenes aren't quite the same as the
3: yeah. expanded scenes in the book. And, oh, it's so juicy. It's so juicy. Eh? It's like, hey, we're, we're, we're together again, you know? Uh, same as always. and are we doing? It's, uh, it's <laughs> all bad, good. Huh? Yeah. Um, uh, so we're going to dive into this book, guys. And it's, uh, of course, written by Jason Fry, who's got experience with Star Wars stories. And uh, coming into this, Joseph, I, I, my, what, he, I, he, I, was, I was reading the Bomber Commander little YA yeah. Journal of Page novel, which was his. And he, he, he had a lot of command over the time period of The Last Jedi. And, of course, it would make sense. And yeah. He's putting this together at the same time. Uh, You've read his stuff before? Familiar? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, uh, Weapon of a Jedi in particular, I'd mm. really, really recommend. Uh, the Journey of the Force Awakens, they put out those three slim little YA novels. You can read yeah. them in a sitting that's uh, Luke, Khan, and Leia. Mm. And the Leia one, Moving Target, he co wrote, and that one got a lot of uh, attention. Right. But Weapon of a Jedi is really, really good. And it, if you enjoyed mm. the Last Jedi novelization in particular, I think he's just got a really great way of understanding and writing about the force. So it seems it's this right balance of practical and mystical.
3: Right, right, right. He um, he is uh, got a a good command of of the Star Wars world in my mind. Yeah, where he uh, he. Smooth reading, which is good for it's me. Very smooth and, reading, yeah, yeah. It, and it just goes down easy like a fine wine or yeah. a fine whiskey.
1: Yeah, so go drink uh, that uh, weapon of a Jedi because it's also got Circle Plank in it. I want to throw that out there uh, real yes. quick. One of the fumbles of the journey to the Force Awakens is <laughs> not featured in the
3: film, but you can
1: buy his action figure, which
3: I did. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So let's dive into the big picture, what yeah. we think about this novel here. Overall, obviously, it's not going to, you know, it's a, it's a novelization. So we understand the story. We don't necessarily need to get into that, but there's a lot of character moments we're going to talk about, a lot of new newsci- insights, and, and that's what books should do, the the book version of stories we love. But big picture, where are you at with this novel right now? Yeah, my big
1: reaction is two big lightsabers up. I mean, it, mm-hmm. I think this is a really, really successful novelization and a successful Star Wars book book uh i think it is very very funny in an appropriate way that matches the last jedi and it has i like how it brings some of the humor to the prose itself Mm -hmm. that uh you know that great line uh that uh about rose of like she turned to kind of bite to look for more rich people to dislike yeah like just that's just a funny way to say what she's actually feeling so i think it does a great job of that i think it does a great job of balancing uh, going into character's head to reveal a lot more, and other times just doing exactly what the mm. movie said so you can still interpret. And the biggest thing for me is this book is a love letter to the rest of Star Wars canon. Yes. By including references to so many things, and they're not even joke references. There's like, that. well, that's what Leia would be thinking about mm-hmm. this thing That happened on Crete before, so we mentioned that, and right. this relationship with Holdo. And if Ray's going to be rethinking her life on Jakku, she might mention some of the characters and creatures that we've
3: talked about in books, like and on and on and on. Yeah, there was a great uh, line to No Portions when she's looking at Luke's X Wing. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, that was a great, a great <laughs> reference. In the whole,
1: uh, in, in some of it's really direct. I, I haven't finished reading Cobalt Squadron, yeah, uh, but the beginning of that novel is all about Rose inventing those baffles which become Mm. the plot point of that's why the First Order can't detect the transports as easily.
3: Right, right, which is, is uh, given a more detail here, I don't, I don't believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that that's not really a key point in the movie other I than don't. they're just cloaked.
1: Yeah, they're right? cloaked, yeah. But it's it's Rose's invention that Yeah, she made up for the bombers elsewhere right before The Last Jedi.
3: Yeah, which, uh, you know, this book is uh, chock full of some moments where you're like, oh, okay, you know, whether that could have translated into the movie is a bigger question. Yeah. But like you said, there's a good balance and, and some good new insights. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I I I'm coming around on the same spot where you are. Where the, the thing I loved uh, is it starts with such a a bang with this Luke Skywalker prologue. Amazing. A, a lot of people here know, and there's a lot to pull out of that, and a lot uh, to go in there. But yes, this this succeeds, and it moves so fast. Like I said, it goes down smooth. Uh, it it doesn't distract from the movie. It, it still has the movie first, and I don't just mean a plot, but it just like you feel like you you. There's scenes where I'm reading and going, oh, I can't wait to watch it on the screen. Yeah. Um, So that was a victory for me. And I I really, what you said, too, it it did a great job of connecting this story, which a lot of people felt wasn't on screen, and and there's some valid criticisms there, but it it took the Last Jedi story and the characters and where we are in the galaxy now and really did connect it to the wider canon, and it did it in a smooth way where it never was like an alarm and spotlights going, "Mm -mm, mm -mm, that thing you read, that thing you saw. Uh, A perfect example was, was, was Poe Dameron talking about knowing Luke Skywalker was real because his mother, Shara Bey, <laughs> flew him off the Death Star. <laughs> right. Uh, and that he grew in the shadow of, of the Ueti tree, the, the Force tree. I mean, Uneti. Uneti, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uneti, uh, you you're right, Uneti you tree on Yavin 4. And so that it just, it it wasn't like hey, cannon fodder junkies, here's this thing. It just was, if you're reading it and you're not familiar with that stuff, you're going to be like, oh, that's, oh, is mother, that's oh, that's really mother. cool detail, yeah. It's yeah. not like, you know, old Marvel comic
1: book has, you know, the asterisk, and then it's like, <laughs> be sure to read Shattered Empire, folks. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, But you know exactly where it's from. It also <laughs> mentioned explicitly that a masseuse scene that had been yes. cut from the movie that is the backbone of the entire Canto Bight story of Book of Collections. Right. And physically without shouting out the names physically described the characters in that masseuse scene that all have their own full stories in the canto bite right collection of stories which to me also just really uh echoes it's this great shout out to all the other authors who are working in this space of like yes the things that you create matter by themselves and they contribute to this larger picture and it's
3: it's just a very warm feeling where Everything feels connected, you know, yeah. like The Force. Like The Force. Yeah, that's an excellent point, too, because you felt that Jason had read all the other novels. And understood and respected yeah. them, and yeah. Yeah, and I, go, I, know, I know there's that thing going around that, uh, that should happen more on the screen. Yeah, that's another discussion. Here, you got that. Here, I felt good about it, and you can see how it can work. Uh, when Holdo's talking, and she, she mentions her, her planet, yeah. Galalanta, Galalanta, Galalanta it. Get get, yeah. Get yeah, we're still learning. We're still learning some of those. Unetti. Unetti. Yeah. Um, but when it mentions it, it just, it just. I was like, yep, there you go. That's yep. right. That's in her heart. That's there. That's that character. Yeah, that's who she is. And I love that stuff. So overall, Joseph and I are giving it two lightsabers up, as he said. Uh, big recommend if you uh, ha- are out there going. I don't know. Do I like novelizations? Do I want to see this story again? Even if you love the movie, we we do recommend it. And there's a lot of stuff. End of the show. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we are going to go into kind of character by character and some moment by moment stuff here, Joseph Yeah, and, uh, go from there. Yeah. And I would say,
1: uh, for people listening, I know we kind of have two different listeners, uh, to these book reviews. We have people who've read the book and want to hear a little bit more of uh, our thoughts about it, have a discussion about it. And there are people who don't have time to read the books and want to know the juicy parts. So yeah. we're going to be talking about some of the juicy parts, too, that are new. If you're a person who doesn't have time to read or, or listen to the books, uh, we'll, we'll help you out there, too. But if you don't want to be spoiled, I'd say stop now, come back later. Yeah. We, we're going to go into spoiler
3: town. We understand. Purgle town and spoil town. <laughs> all, <laughs> all the time the same. Well, let's, uh, let's dive into those key okay. moments, Joseph. Uh, a lot to choose from. I think we should start where it all begins. Yes, Absolutely. With Master Skywalker. Yeah. The Skywalker, First chapter. Wow.
1: So this is a tribute to the deleted scenes of A New Hope. Yes. And a tribute to the novelization, the original novelization of Star Wars that's all about these characters that diehard old fans know those names of, mention specific interactions and hopes and dreams of Luke being fulfilled... With Cammy and Fixer and all that. Uh, But I think what I, so so if people haven't read it, it's basically Luke is having this haunting dream on Octo where he knows the Force is trying to tell him something and it is a dream of what his life would have been if he basically didn't answer the call to adventure and he didn't go with Obi-Wan Kenobi and he lived a long, peaceful life Mostly peaceful, mostly of knowing that the empire had put its boot on the neck of the universe, the galaxy, but it wasn't affecting him. Yeah, and having these stirrings of maybe I should have done something. Right, it's causing friction in his marriage, even. (laughs) Yeah,
3: with Cammy, good old Cammy from uh, Toshii Station. Yeah, and it was powerful. It's layered. It is not just Luke reminiscing about his past and wondering what could have been. I do that. I go to my hometown. I'm like, what if Absolutely. I never moved? What if I stayed in town, uh, still live with my parents? What what would happen? <laughs> this isn't that, like you just said. It is not only setting up Luke for what's to come and the choice he's going to have to make again, um, but it is, uh, it, it, it's... it's Sad. It's it's bittersweet in a way because some of the people maybe lived on. Uncle Owen and and Brew didn't die. Yeah. Uh, they sold them the farm, and eventually they passed on. But they didn't get burned by stormtroopers and all that kind of stuff. But it is it is this call to action, and then failing to to answer the call, and it and you can tell it's kind of haunting and warning them. So there's layers there.
1: Yeah, and it works really really well with not only the story of Luke eventually having to choose: mm-hmm. Am I going to take any action in yeah. response to raise? Ray's call for me to return uh, to the galaxy, but it goes really well with that great passage of mm. Finn making his decision. Yes, to finally get involved into, and, and it's an, an emotional decision because mm. at the moment he makes it, he's not in a position, Finn, right. to take an action. But it so echoes what's in this very, very first chapter that great idea that if there is evil going on, yeah. right, and you don't do anything,
3: then yeah. you are a part of part the of problem. The- Right, right, and so it's a powerful beginning to this novel. And yeah, again, Laird, It was just fun. It was fun because you right away you're t- you're going back to the New Hope novel, Yeah. Fixer and Cammy, and I knew I knew Luke and Cammy would get together. But mentions of the Darklighter family, yeah, and uh, that and Big's dying and this some mysterious uh, yeah. catastrophe, yeah. Yeah, a lot of great stuff, and such a wonderful
1: way to start the novel, I thought. And didn't it mention uh, the Death Star destroying other planets as
3: well? Yes, it did. Yeah. yeah. Death Star goes on to cause some problems there. Yeah,
1: wipe out, uh, yeah, Chandrilla in, in uh, you yes. know, yeah, retaliation from Mon Mothma. Yeah, right. I think one other planet is mentioned as well, but yeah.
3: Yeah. And from there, we, uh, you know, we, uh, I mean, we go into something pretty big to start the story. Yeah. Which is Han's funeral. Yeah. Uh, and we had heard this was coming. And a lot of people were like, uh, "Well, I wasn't in that in the movie." And I, without reading it at the time, i I had the belief of, well, you know the, the the movie has momentum. it needs to it needs to move. It needs to cook. We can't stop. It needs to
1: not start on an epic bummer.
3: Yeah. And so I was surprised to see that this comes right at the beginning, though it makes sense. But again, I still I loved it in the book, glad it wasn't in the movie, which I was I, I surprised myself that I'm saying that. Yeah, this is Han's funeral. Yeah, and I think that we have
1: in the room, we have room in the book to do the good character building of Leia of she was sort of talked into right. giving this speech that she wanted her grief to be private, but in going along with her character that's been built up so much in yeah. Bloodline and uh, Leia Princess of Alderaan that she puts duty first. Yeah, and that she knows that everybody else needs this sort of cleansing big speech to to help move on, and that's all great but i think the movie works so well with leia starting as the one who's like i have my stuff together i always have my stuff together yeah. because someone has to and i'm going to pass that on to the people around me yeah it's it's better for leia to start as the the person of stasis who has that ability. Uh, I loved to hear that it was Akbar. <laughs> it was like, yeah, you've gotta do this. Yeah, and he, he's and running he, his fin through his barbels, yeah. his chin barbels, I think. A
3: lot of mention of
1: barbels. Yeah. Oh, it's juicy, juicy barbel uh, material. But man, the yeah. stuff that's said about Han and her memorial, I think, yeah. is powerful and forward-looking, given that you know, we're recording this before Solo A Star Wars Story comes out. Yes. A uh, lot there. I think a great crystallization of his character that he so believes in personal freedom. And that's A clear of Hans it. character that in that eventually that's why he can never turn away. That's why he turned around uh, at the death star. That's why he turned around at Starkiller base and said, the galaxy's counting on us and planted those explosives because yeah. uh, his personal love of freedom. Eventually he learns that same lesson that Finn does of like, well, if I turn away from other people being free, right then, uh, uh, then nobody really has freedom.
3: You, you mentioned that. And the passage, uh, I, upon reading it, wonder if this is just a, our first sneak peek at Solo. Yeah. Uh, because this is because Han, Leia's saying this, thinking this, because Han hated bullies. No, she's saying it. Excuse me. Because Han hated bullies and injustice and cruelty, and when confronted with them, he could never stand down, not in his youth on Corellia, not above Yavin, not on Endor, not at Star Killer Base, his whole life, his whole existence. Yeah, the Corellia thing could be general. It could be, you know, but I, I wonder if I'm going to look back and be like, yep, he did. he hated bullies and injustice and cruelty there, too. We saw it on the screen. Uh, yeah, And like you said, he fancied himself a scoundrel, but he wasn't. He loved freedom for himself, certainly, but for everybody else in the galaxy, too. So uh, really, you know, we did have that moment with Han. And I, again, could that have been on the big screen? Do you think it could have been on the big screen?
1: Oh, yeah, but yeah. I think it would have been a, a, a bad place to start the it movie. Star Wars, you know, is always going to be a big action Adventure movie, and there are a lot of people who are going to see it as a popcorn movie. And there, yeah. you know, those of us who, who choose to dive deep into these books, into these themes, into these characters. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it'll be an interesting challenge be, for episode nine, because yeah. maybe episode nine it will be appropriate to start right. on that note of challenge, right? On the all is lost moment uh, with Leia, uh, Leia's yeah. passing, uh, maybe. But yeah. no, I think The Last Jedi works great this way. It's got to start off with a bang before yeah. it can go to such places of
3: introspection and, and after reading the scene and it's great it's great but I it, it, it helps me and this is my view as a fan it helps me to know that that was there in the story and not just I'm not talking the novel but when I watched the last Jedi now I can know that they yes. did have the moment because all of this is a fine tapestry of story putting together so even though we say the movie trumps the novel in terms of Canon no this this to me happened this is something that was um, moments before we joined the the story on screen and yeah. so that comforts me in a way yeah they took their time for han yeah and then leia took
1: her personal grief and found a way to make it inspiring and found yeah. a way to make the legacy of han inspiring yeah. and i think the big drop mm-hmm. about han is the dice that he won the falcon with yes right i mean they really put no way that that is not just yeah we're gonna see those dice in Solo, right? Yeah. We have to. We have to see those dice because we know it starts with Lando owning it. We yeah. would assume it ends with. We, I think people <laughs> would be annoyed if, if it's just it's still Lando's, it's still Lando's party bus by the end of the film. Yeah.
3: We'll see you again next year in a sequel. Yeah. Lando
1: and Han will return. So how do you, I've been uh, yeah. dying to ask you? How do you feel about that? Does that is that going to make the dice uh, retrospectively when people see Solo mm-hmm. and then they see the Last Jedi and they're like okay the dice are. Han's spirit. Yeah. Is that
3: good for you? I think it's very good. It's very interesting. We talked about this before about the Dice. A lot of longtime fans. Um, I was I was aware of the Dice in New Hope. It's just one of those things when you watch yeah. it as much, even on VHS, you see it. <laughs> but a lot of fans, it, it's easy to miss. It's not highlighted. It's just it's this thing Lucas probably put in because he thought it was cool that Han it would he's he's the scoundrel and it's like a r- a, really drag racing drag racing yeah. thing yeah absolutely like a 1950s uh, greaser man he's yep. got something hanging on his rearview mirror and uh, I, I think uh, it's picked up speed and, and and we see it huge in Last Jedi because I think it needed to be I wish that there is that scene that we know that JJ was shot but didn't put in of Han putting up the dice yeah so it's interesting the, the focus is now on the dice and I like it because it is a it is a it is a, th- a theme now and a running theme. that So when we see them in Solo, it will have impact, which is something that they didn't have even back in A New Hope. It wasn't yeah. intended to have. So I really do like to focus on it.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see them. And I'm excited to see how much the film makes of them. If it's just they're playing a game and uh, right. the dice aren't really, you know, the focus of the shot, but you see Han pick them up. Or if it's like the dice come out and they just we zoom in on them like, the yeah. dice. Yeah, the symbol of Han Solo. I'm <laughs> interested to see how much of uh, a part of his legend they become. Yeah.
3: I mean, I would like a uh, you know a scene. I, I I don't want it too highlighted, but a scene where he wins. Puts them on a chain and hangs them. Yeah, that
1: that, that could that work. That could be the final shot, and I think yeah. then connecting to the Last Jedi would break yeah. people in a good way.
3: Yeah, with good tears, <laughs> good tears, good Star Wars tears. We need those um, a lot from there. We're not, we're not going to go scene by scene, but character by character. But you yeah. would we'll talk a little bit about Rose and Page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you want to go? You, uh, tell you know, me. I
1: wanted to talk about one other thematic thing. Yeah. that both you and I couldn't contain ourselves before we started the podcast. And they're yeah. like, oh wait, yeah, yeah, wait, well, let's save that up for the podcast. Yeah, that's early in the book because uh, I know it is uh, uh, one of our most beloved side characters, and that's Captain <laughs> Kennedy. But yes. the first couple of chapters are really highlighting how much of a theme in the sequel trilogy the generational divide is. Yes. And the way this book is written is something that you could pull out of the movie if you really work for it, but it's laid out in the book that that's obviously what's on Leia's mind is to yeah. pass on what she knows because she can't do this forever in a different perspective yeah. that Poe has because he grew up fantasizing about flying in the rebellion and yeah. he's dealing with reality. And then immediately like the chapter after that, we get the perspective of uh, Kennedy and even PV yeah.
3: of Yago's, the other guy's Yago, <laughs> Yeah. The
1: guy who's uh, in charge of the supremacy, but yeah. gets demoted, demoted for yeah. in order for Hux and how much they hate Hux and yeah. all, and all of the young cadets who've been trained, but don't yeah. know actual, don't
3: have the actual experience of what this truly is. Right. And you said it right there. It's a night and day. And, and I, I love Captain and I love the stuff in this book. There's that one quote of him. He's like, if I could, I'd throw, them, like, throw my troops off the, the, the starship or whatever <laughs> yeah. it was. Um, but yeah, there, there you go. There's how the bad guys work and how the good guys work and how good situations work. I can, I can think times in my life where stuff hasn't been passed down to me by the next generation because they wanted to hold it for themselves. Yeah. And here you got the uh, the Empire turned First Order. Uh, maybe could have been stronger. Maybe wouldn't have lost our killer base. Maybe wouldn't have lost the supremacy if they had trained correctly versus just created this divide. Though it's amusing to me.
1: Yeah, and I think it just supports the theme that is really strong in the Last Jedi of it's the villain who's just saying kill the past. There is yeah. value to. The knowledge of what has mm-hmm. come before, but you can't also be stagnant and just cling to that. Right. And it's weird that we're getting this very positive perspective from the First Order, the horrible yep. people. It's weird that we empathize with these monsters who are going to kill most of our <laughs> good guys who are saying, like, Gah. If they understood why the Empire did it this way and followed those orders, they right. would understand. But I think we yeah, have yeah. a natural desire to uh, be attracted to that because as we accumulate experiences in life, we want other people to listen.
3: Yeah. And not repeat those mistakes. Yes. Uh, kids, listen to your parents. They're just trying to teach you to be who they wanted to be. That's right. Um, and Peavy and yango have a... Have a Little exchange, and there's some thoughts on them later on in the book about Hucks and how he would, they thought, they didn't care, they're both from the Empire, um, they thought he would eventually be exposed. Yeah. But yeah. He he's got some technical skills. He built a lot of this. But when when we take over, we're going to have to run this place, meaning the galaxy. Yeah. And it, he's going to expose him as just incapable and incompetent. Which is a, yeah a
1: great teaser for episode nine and right. seeing what are we going to do with this dynamic of two right. damaged weirdos, Hux and uh, and Kylo running right. the galaxy.
3: And and we talked often about how a lot of times in this movie the villains are made to seem, other than I think Kylo, made to seem. Uh, menacing, one-dimensional, based on fear. And I think that this, a lot of the stuff, particular stuff uh, about Hux and the thoughts on Hux, to me showed that, yeah, that's exactly what's going on here. It's, it's in the page. It's there. These, yeah. these, these villains uh, are, are, not, uh, are driven from a bad bad spot. Yeah, and, uh, even even my beloved Captain Kennedy. Yeah, yeah, he
1: he means not well, not well. <laughs> but he knows how to do not well, really efficiently really well. and in an organized, orderly way. He's good at not well. I really like how they portray Hux as actually unstable. Yes, yeah. Then that yeah. that it makes his character richer to me. And what popped out for me in this book, uh, as we get towards the end with Hux, mm-hmm. is that seeing Kylo come more and more undone seems to bring Hux into focus yeah oh yeah yeah. great fight like the the his great line about do you think you got him and his that final look he's giving when Kylo has screwed everything up where it's almost like he's starting to get it where when he can see his own insanity in Kylo he's like oh oh maybe I should take a deep breath calm down stop shouting and be a little smarter about this and I'm really curious to see if that Thread gets pulled. It's it's some great character
3: growth from Hux that yeah. we don't need in the galaxy, you know. <laughs> but yeah, good for him. Yeah, there's a lot about that there, and I love the, the ties. Uh, we're going to talk more about Snug, but there's ties to the First Order's growth and how it yeah. built, and, and Brendel Hux and all those kind of things, and you how uh, poor old Armitage, poor little Armitage, just an unstable, mad, fearful man. Yeah. Um, so uh, from there, we'll dive into some of the other stuff from the story there, but that's some great insight there. Uh, a lot with Rose, a lot more in, with Rose in this book. Yeah. Uh, that uh, I think I love. I love Kelly Marie Tran. I love what was in in the movie. But I, you know, there's some things in there. I like, oh, that's some interesting wrinkle. You mentioned what what uh, the, the bafflers she created. Bafflers, yeah. Bafflers. It's baffling that they're bafflers. <laughs> A lot of that kind of stuff. And it starts right from the get go. I think with Rose and Page together in the in the story. Yeah, yeah, and really sh-
1: build taking the time to build that sisterly love. So you really understand not only where she's coming from in terms of losing her sister Mm -hmm. but how die hard they are in the resistance mission and why we get that line we get that information in the last jedi but i think that was a great use of going inside the characters heads to see how passionate they both were and why about the resistance mission
3: right and i love this idea of you know two sisters squeezed into that gunner's pod and kind of you know getting to see the galaxy now and and i got the sense that you know rose would have been on that ship would have been on the cobalt hammer, that was her job, yeah that 's what she did, so the fact that they, they had to pull her off and, and they these bafflers are part of that reason There yeah. and gets resigned and, ha- and loses her flight suit and gets in a you know, a drab uh, engineer <laughs> mechanics uh, garb, yeah, added something to again that moment, and those are the little things that i, I don 't think this scene should have been in the movie because it, it is slow yeah it 's this conversation loving conversation between sisters, and you know the battle 's going all right, so we have to pick up on who Paige is right away we have yeah. to Together. Cause it's interesting because going in, we knew a lot of fans, when I say we, the fans listening, but the general audience we always talk about, we're probably like, I don't know who this is, why is she holding the gold medallion? So it's interesting to see it play out different in the movie and in the book. I love this scene. Don't think it's needed in the movie, but but it, it added tones to it and themes in it and just moments and it added something to the Rose character for yeah. me. That's going to be there on 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 subsequent views, but uh, I wonder if a little bit of it could have been in the movie, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, like maybe one or two line exchange over radio. I don't know. Yeah, Though I agree. The com link.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I do agree. Though when you're making your movie, how you introduce the characters is is important, and when we first meet Rose crying, that makes more sense than than a radio transmission. You know, Rose to Page, go get him, sister. Like that. Yeah, we don't. We don't <laughs> yeah, need that. We don't yet. need that. Yeah. And yeah, the uh, the medallions, uh,
1: the yeah. Hazian smelt uh, connected them <laughs> very, smelt. very well. Um, I oh. love this is one of my strongest things from the novel. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I think Rose and Finn's relationship is maybe the most fleshed out thing. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah. There's some there's insight. A ton of insight into it, and uh, in how long it takes Rose to turn around on Finn, mm-hmm. uh, portraying Finn as she describes him as a big goof. Mm-hmm. And fully seeing Finn as somebody who knows all of this stuff about the First Order, but really only what they've let him see. Right. Like, almost that's almost a great analogy that he knows what the supremacy looks like from the inside, but not the outside. Yeah, that was a great, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Like, and that's his whole perspective of the galaxy. Yeah. And, uh, great lines about, uh, uh, Mm. rose and page thinking it's funny when an animal hatches next to an animal that is not its natural mother and then <laughs> just uh, uh conforms to it attaches yeah. to it you know i think and yeah. it's a great uh, uh is a convoy owl it would conform to i can't remember what the other animal was but as uh, a, a yeah. good star wars animal uh i can't remember it off the top of my head but uh all great stuff to show us really who finn is that he and remind us he is still
3: figuring out the basics of the galaxy. He's still. I think he's still figuring out how to live, man. You know, yeah. he's, he is sheltered beyond belief. Yeah, you're right. I I was surprised. I, I had would never have thought of it that way. Where he wouldn't have seen the ship, but yeah, you, you're shuttled in. Yep, your the ship can, is. It's basically a floating planet for them, not stuck in a way. I mean, it has everything they need. So yeah. yeah, and just the the lesson there, yeah, the Finn and Rose stuff. Um, uh, it's very clear now what it is that she was very annoyed with him being obsessed with Ray, and him being very, I think even more open about it in the the novel. Not necessarily romantically, I think he's just so obsessed with just the idea, and because she's the first to. Become friends with him, really. It's a first yeah. connection outside the mask. But I loved how it played out with Rose. Yeah, and that great line about, uh, or the great discussion about, well, is she even
1: going to be the person that you yeah. thought? She's going go, She's looking for a Jedi. Is she going to come back with brown <laughs> robes and one of those rat tails? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I
3: put that note. I put that note. That was one of my favorite. Yeah, Rose indirectly mentions Padawans and their rat tails. Yeah, that's so great. And just, I think
1: she is really, I think they're both really uh, written very funny. Like, I love her line of, like, the yeah. ball droids in the toilet.
3: Yeah, <laughs> about BB-8 sneaking
1: on board. Uh, some her, more her inner terror. voice is funny. Both of their dialogue is funny. Um, yeah. I honestly can't remember off the top of my head if this is in the actual movie. But when mm. Finn is like, "Wow, this thief must be doing really well as a thief because this is a really nice ship," and she stares at him. He's like, yeah. "Oh, because he." Yeah, he stole it because he's a thief.
3: Yeah, no, because he learns it more from DJ, right? Because he says, "Why are you rifling through your own? Yeah, yeah, but that yes. moment, yeah, Rose had a little bit more of, i 'I've seen the world, kid' type of yeah, like, uh, approach, but in, in a endearing way. Up, Finn. Wait, yeah. yeah, but it really—it
1: was a funny moment, and it contributed to that. Like, remember <laughs> yeah. the first time you see something, you maybe don't fully understand it. Yeah. Take a step back, think, look again.
3: Yeah, yeah, and then so so when it leads up to you know the kiss. Which it reads a little bit awkward on screen for me at times, but I see how it's played now. I think there's some insight. Again, this is why I think this novel it succeeds in a lot of ways. Of it, it does what Rogue, what the Rogue One novel did for yeah. me. Where I had a lot of questions about Rogue One more than I did about the Last Jedi, but now I go back and watch it, I'm like, oh, here's what's going on with the characters. It's part of this tapestry, like I said. So that kiss at the end with 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 Rose now was more her literally just going, "Jeepers, let me show you."
1: Yeah, and I love that. That's just made crystal clear where she says, "Save what you love." Yeah, meaning, yeah, I I saved you because I love you. But then, like, her saying to herself, "Like, he's not going to get it." So I added the kiss. Yeah, yeah,
3: absolutely. That was great, great stuff. So I
1: love that dynamic.
3: Yeah, a lot there with Rose and Finn. Uh, Now, in terms of Canto Bite, I do want to talk uh, about this a little bit. Um, All right, Canto Bite's not my favorite on screen, but like I always say, it's not because I don't think it's an important thread and an important part of the story. I absolutely think it is. A lot of lessons there. I love DJ, a lot of those things, but we don't get to spend enough time in Can't bite on screen. You and I were so geeked up. Look yeah. at this world. Look at this world. Uh, you and Jennifer were like, we're going to find so many characters to love. <laughs> and it kind of, you know, we zipped through it. Yeah. And I did think that here in the novel they zip through as well. And, yeah. and it just kind of highlighted that what I think about that is, is still there that, uh, yeah, I want, I want more in this world. I'm going to have to finally read that canton bite novel. Yeah. It, you know, better feel
1: as I was reading that Canto bite novel. I was like, ah, uh, it feels a little slow. Like every, every book is well mm-hmm. written, but it's, you're so divorced from familiar locations, familiar characters. Right, right. Um, but the more I think about it after the fact, the more I enjoy it. And I was so geeked out to hear some Mm -hmm. of the characters specifically called out right in this book. Uh, in the Last Jedi novelization, so yeah, I recommend Canto Bite. You might yeah. not; it might take a little bit longer to get into it uh, yeah. if you're listening, but I think it's worth it if you're hungry for Canto Bite. If you're hungry for a
3: massage down at Canto <laughs> Bite.
1: That's right. Get yourself masseused in a book.
3: Yeah. Where do you want to go
1: next, sir? Uh, let's go to Kylo and Rey. Ooh, that's some juicy stuff.
3: There's a lot there.
1: Yeah. So, did you feel like uh, Raylo? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not necessarily as the shipping term, but as the combination of their of stories the t- emerging. <laughs>
3: uh, do you feel like that was fleshed out in interesting ways for you? It it was. Uh, the Force connections played out really well. What they are, what they they mean to each other. There's a lot more on Kylo in this book. There's a little moment too of some insight into Kylo, uh, uh, looking back at his youth. Yeah, and they mentioned the dice and how he played around with his father's dice and was looking up to his father and pilot. And but as he got became an adolescent, and became that that lone wolf. And just what was going on. There's a lot going on there with 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 Kylo for me. Yeah, um, and a lot going on with with where Ray was at. Uh, I think I think with with Luke too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. The thing that uh, really
1: struck home with me for Kylo, like, and I love that detail of uh, him seeing Han and Leia having whispered conversations. Yes. and you know, thinking they're about me because they're frightened of me. Like, okay, that's yeah. powerful. But the thing that just drove it home is him feeling like Han and Leia were abandoning him by getting right. rid of him by sending him with Luke. Right. So like you take a big moment in life like that. Is this that my uncle who loves me wants me to be a Jedi and a protector of the galaxy and believes in me. You can see it that way or you can go with the dark side interpretation that my parents are trying to get rid of me and like, Oh, that to me, that's the moment that opens him to Snoke's manipulation. That's the moment where it's not just, Oh, he's, he's a mystical child of light and dark and that, that stuff is cool. And I think it works, but that was the moment that just really clicked for me of, being super relatable to my parents are trying to get rid of me. Yeah. That, that makes sense of all of his hatred of all adult figures, all people of the older generation. They all got to go <laughs> because I think my mommy and
3: daddy tried, to get, tried to get rid of me. And it, it ties, um, it makes that moment where Luke, you know, contemplates and turns on, which the book does great in flashback form yeah. here. Ben Solo, not yet a man, not, not yet. It's like a Britney Spears song. <laughs> not quite a boy. Uh, uh, that was there. Great Britney Spears yeah. song, not quite a boy. Not quite a boy. Um That was, that was great. But then uh, it ties a little bit to like stuff in Bloodlines for me. Yeah. Where the fact that he kind of found out about the Vader stuff and everything was through like a letter basically from Leia. Yeah. While he was away at, at Jedi camp. And how it just like a lot going into this poor kid's brain, and then your uncle tries to kill you, or at least you think he is. Yeah. You can see the collapse.
1: yeah. And in the meantime, Snoke's in there in in some way that we don't know. We know a little bit more about why and how he got in there, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, there's (laughs) 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 a lot of good Snoke stuff, not just golden robes. But, yeah, this great final sort of uh, picture of, like, yes, he's always had this huge potential for light and dark. The will of the cosmic force might be wanting him to be in balance somehow, all this mystical stuff. Then the really uh, uh, concrete, just a rough, adolescence and then the Snoke manipulation and all of that adds up to all these great descriptions that Jason Fry has of just that he's boiling and roiling in the force and half of it is anger and half of it is misery and longing and just this fluctuations and spikes and like that's so great because that's such an interesting character. It's not just like I'm committed to my anger. Like Vader is successfully committed to his anger with moments of doubt and Kylo is just a mess of yeah, emotion,
3: like his saber, like his saber, yeah, and jittering uh, away. The stuff with uh, with Luke and Ray too. The, the, there's some interesting stuff to pull from from that, and how Ray, as she's going through this journey, I, I love. There's there's a moment, if I may, where um, uh, Luke changed his mind, yeah, and that was not in the movie. And I'm struggling I, I like both versions. I don't know. I come to you, sir. oh, to okay. see where you're going um, so Ray has basically she stated her claim they got that deleted scene that's in the book now the the the, the caretaker party, yeah, all that stuff uh we, we're going to talk about the deleted scenes on the next four center but uh he he has this kind of change of heart, and he runs to her because he feel he's reconnected to the four all this kind of stuff, and he literally says, "ray, you were right, yeah, you were right, and that's when he discovers. Kylo and Ray having their hand touching moment, yep, having their hand touching party so I loved it in the book i don't know if it could have worked on screen or it, what would have what it would have done or if I'd liked it better because I like what's presented, what it was presented is Luke stays stubborn until. The end until yeah. the final moment with Ray, Handy knocking him down uh, in the rain, hands him the lightsaber one more time. And he's still like, no, no, I want to be the hope you're yeah. going to go burn the, the library, which, again, he tried to do before another little moment. Yeah. You know, uh, he was he had tried and failed when Ray found him the first time. Yep. That's what he was in his Jedi uh, robes. But uh, so what do you, where do you come down on this?
1: I love, I was uh, shocked. Mm -hmm. You know, I made a a man, a noise like an old British man with my monocle falling out when I read it. (laughs) Uh, But, and at first I wasn't sure, but I, I really, really like it. And I think it belongs in the book, not the movie. I think in the arc of a movie where so much of the audience's question is, will Luke come back? Come Mm. on, Luke, come back. Be the hope again. We all want you to be the hope again. It would have been a distracting tease Mm -hmm. to at that point in the movie, have him say, no, Oh, yeah. it's almost like a moment of a soap opera or even sort of a week-to-week television where uh, if only there hadn't been this confusion, mm-hmm. he would have come back. So I, I'm glad it wasn't in the movie. Yeah, I like it in the book because I think the story of Luke is he has that spark of hope inside himself, but it's so hard to get him there because he's been yeah. through so much and he is so sad and so guilty. And mm-hmm. I like that it's clear that Ray has pulled him closer to like you're letting your sister down because that right. that she she reiterates that in that scene at the uh, caretaker party yes and then he goes to connect to the force and what profoundly affects him is when he finds and feels Leia's presence again yeah and that's when he's coming back and saying which connects back to R two showing him the yes. hologram yep. of you know you are the only hope. Um, yeah, I like So that, I that. think it all makes sense. And then I think that moment of seeing that mistake, yeah. seeing Kylo and seeing that threat of Ray just making the same damn mistakes again. Yeah. In the first time that he, he's reconnected to the force, and what is he immediately using it for? Fighting. Yeah. He blows apart the hut, <laughs> he calls the, the rod and he fights and he fights. Yeah. Uh so it makes sense to me. It works emotionally. Yeah. The part of that sequence that bugged me,
3: mm
1: hmm, um, is I wanted a little bit more from the moment where he doesn't take the lightsaber.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, that's that's when you talked about earlier. There's some surprising insights, and then there's some just like it is what it is. Yeah, which is what I felt again. And I, uh, Alan Dean Foster's great, but the Force Awakens novel was a little bit more. Of that all the way through. Yeah. Where we didn't, just, probably because we were hungry for morsels of information because yeah. we all thought Snoke was Ray's father. But, <laughs> you know, so we didn't get a lot and there's some moments that felt like that. Not bad. Yeah. It's just doing its job. But yeah, that, that is a great point. To me, the completion of like the arc of his character, like the last time I saw The
1: Last Jedi in the theater, I really mm-hmm. appreciated that his realization that he can't be what Ray wants him to be is because she escalates the fight. Like, yeah. he easily takes the rod away he easily could have disarmed her. Like he's more powerful than her in the force. I don't think the point of that is he's a weak old man. He's broken. Right. I think the point of that is Mm -hmm. this is why I don't want to come back. I'm not willing to escalate the fight. That's not how I want to use the force. And maybe because I have that stuck in my own head, maybe this is a moment where I wanted – to hear that in that book yeah but i feel like that's the arc of the character of like i'm willing to take the chance i'm willing to come back and then i'm reminded no if i come back i have to fight yeah and i I, and i don't want to be a part of violence anymore yeah yeah so that's going to stay there in my head canon
3: (laughs) (laughs) it's good it's good it's there it's there there's a lot there um one of the
1: other things i wanted to talk about in uh specific is this great idea that's you could, you know, infer from the movie, but that Rey could have ended Kylo on the bridge. Yeah, that she comes to first. She could have just poked him in the
3: heart with the lightsaber. Done. Yeah, this is this is a big moment. This yeah. is big, and I'm waiting for the prologue. Got a lot of attention when the book first came out, as it should, because yeah. it's amazing. But I'm surprised there hasn't been a bunch of videos about this yet. Quite frankly, it's one of the biggest moments of
1: the moment. novel and supports the theme. And maybe something that Ray's coming around to understanding where Luke's coming from if it's yeah. not as easy as just kill the bad guy. Yeah, uh, it is tied up with in her connections to the Force and mm-hmm. having these epiphanies about the difference between the living Force and the cosmic, cosmic Force. And this contrast between the good guys and the bad guys, where the bad guys see a future and they are sure that they can make it happen that way and the good guys are like future's always moving so make your choice listen to the force maybe let the force guide you do what you want be a little bit more open and she is realizing his story's not done and it's not if the force wanted (laughs) me to poke him in the heart with the lightsaber and end it i would feel that would feel yeah feel that that guidance from the cosmic force uh so,
3: boy, does it open up lots of interesting storytelling yeah. possibilities. I I love the moment. And I, I when I first read it, I I, had, I did one of those pause, made a little note. I put little stickies on my books now. I'm <laughs> finally getting better at that. But I had made a moment because I was like, this is pretty big that – you know, it's it's a Saving Private Ryan moment. We're taught to, like, kill your enemies now because they'll come back to kill you later. Yeah. And so that's my gut reaction of, oh, you stood over Kylo and you could have done it. But then I ha- I accept, as a Star Wars fan and a fan of the Force in a way, yeah. of, I accept what she's saying. Like, no, it's almost Gollum. His his, his part in the story is not done yet. Yeah. Whereas he's trying to sell her on this idea of, you you have no place in this story. She's like, all right. We'll meet again. Not necessarily stand off, but she doesn't know. Yeah. And she finds the peace. It isn't just, she's not just getting off the ship fast. It's better than that. You know, yeah. she's not just, oh, God, what's going on? The ship's fine. I, I got to go. I would imagine there would have been that moment. Yeah. And so it makes sense. And I accept the, the force answer. Yeah. Versus just, uh, should, I shouldn't kill him.
1: Yeah, I thought it was is great, and it leaves so much open to their story, and it made the end beat of their relationship resonate. And, and just the way uh, Jason Fry wrote it, mm-hmm. that Kylo feels that connection to her again as he's holding the dice, as he fully realizes, you know, how badly he screwed up and how much Luke played yeah. him. He sees Ray, and that I can't remember exactly how it's written, but the like, there's no anger, but there's no yeah. compassion either. And she just shuts the door on him. Yep. And with the great writing of how Kylo feels so abandoned by everyone, mm-hmm. he reached out to Ray. She didn't even care enough to kill him. <laughs> and she literally shut the door on him. Yeah. You know, uh, both literally and force wise. Just bye. Yeah, by Kylo. Like by Felicia, but by Kylo. By Kylo. And that's, you can imagine him either being introspective in the next moment or flying into a rage that everyone yeah. has left him.
3: Yeah, hey, man. In, in wrestling, that they, they, you want them to cheer you or boo you because that's a reaction. Yeah. You don't want nothing. <laughs> and uh, it, is, uh, it, was an, it was interesting inside to that moment because, again, that's what books do, that's what words do. Um, in the movie, it's played as she's just angry. F you. Look what you did! Yeah, and I think that's correct. That's I'm sure that's in there. But this added some oomph to Kylo. It was a bigger defeat because I think this is his now. This is his only friend in a way, and yeah. I don't just mean like romantically. I, I don't know. I still don't really buy into Raylo as a ship, but I uh, or a ship uh, in space, the Raylo, the USS <laughs> Raylo. Uh, this was this was his only connection. They had had a tender moment. Yeah. In that cave or in that hut, touching that it wasn't necessarily romantic for me. It was a connection. This guy's had no connection for a long time. And to see it just be like, like you said, boom, nah, I don't even care. Yeah. I don't I, care enough to hate you. Yep. That hurts more. Yeah. And it's a bigger, bigger cost for Kylo at the end of this story.
1: Yeah. And it just leaves you with the whole feeling, and maybe episode nine and all of the other books that will be written will upend this, but it just leaves the feeling that the resistance. Their main goal, once they get back on their feet, is not going to be go cut the head off the monster, Mm -hmm. but that it's going to be like, oh, are you ravaging this planet? We're going to go save those people because we save what we love and we're not about hate. And eventually we'll have to have that confrontation, but we just want to make things right Mm -hmm. for as many people as we can. And it's it's just a really interesting philosophical place to start. Uh, a big space
3: war movie from. <laughs> it's not just A-wings and bombers.
1: Yeah, but no, there I will like be plenty God. of those. Uh, do
3: there. you want to talk a little bit about Leia? Absolutely. There's there's a lot about Leia in yeah. this book. I mean, the movie is so good. The uh, the, the sad reality of what happened, even Ryan Johnson kind of said, this wasn't intended to be Leia's final part in the story, but it kind of ends up working yeah. that way. And so there is so much in this novel for me. You talked about in the beginning Leah passing on uh, the drive to pass on, uh, which is, is clear in the movie, but you get a little more insight. And just going over, there's a lot of things to me about her going over the past, too. Yeah. Saying goodbye, talking about how uh, Leia learned to open herself up to the Force after Endor. Like, went to kind of study. And Luke let her know it was always there, there's, which means there's, there's references to bloodlines directly. Yeah. And indirectly, Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Just uh, a lot going on there. And uh, into the Leia and space moment, her Force moment, how it was... Uh, the pull of ray in a way and yeah. not wanting to leave her out there alone and not, and 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 the actual science of that moment too was interesting yeah a me. little bit of There's science of the a moment a lot there yeah
1: know? in one passage i didn't stick yet i'm bad one passage uh in her force flight back mm-hmm. certainly confirms what has kind of been in my head canon that it is this will to live mm-hmm. that it's not a very tactical like yes i know force push let me do my drop yes. down menu of force abilities but yes. it is this very organic I'm not done yet, and I yeah. can t- I can tap into this when I need to, and I believe it. But there's one passage that almost implies midi chlorians. Yeah, she's so yeah. like she feels uh, all of the organic life yes. around her, and the whispering's coming from it. Yeah. which that's what the midi chlorians do. Yeah, they live in all organic things, and they whisper to us. Yeah,
3: no, I I, I think it is an indirect. It's as close as you want to get without yeah. saying that word that everyone will, will yeah. guffaw about. So I li- really liked it because it brought them back into
1: like all of this very flowing, organic. It's all connected. Yeah. In- one sentient individual is not as important as we sometimes feel. Mm-hmm. All this great force writing that Jason Fry does and really connected to that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. O- other highlights from Leia for
1: you? Uh, I think the—I'm uh, not afraid to say because we talk about it often on Force Center. Yeah. I got teary. Teary. Yeah, Uh, The extra passage where she goes to the cockpit at the end, tells Chewie that Luke (laughs) saved them all, but he's gone now. Yeah. Remembers all the times that she sat in that cockpit with Chewie. Yeah. And the thing that destroyed me was the, it's just you and me now, Chewie. Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
3: Talk about tears in the eyes. Yeah. yeah. It is. It's a... I, again, you're naturally going to compare to what you're reading to what you saw on the screen. And I think everything on screen was fine. Yeah. I don't think that this is an extra extended moment. A lot of yeah. these extra moments in the books are extra beats to the momentum of the movie, which is right. a, a concern. And there's also budget concerns. And what else do you do? And um, uh, we'll talk about that documentary on, on Tuesday. But uh, to this moment, especially knowing what's happened in real life, but especially knowing what's happened with Han and Luke. And now she's gone, and this isn't their story. And then it's just down to Chewie, the most loyal sidekick in the galaxy, yeah, who lost his best friend. It was, it was for me one of those moments that I just like, yeah, they, they got it right. Jason got it right. The story got it right. Yeah, it is. Yeah, if you're not if you're not careful, if you're not, you know, crying ain't bad, but it will it will get you. Oh. If you're crying, uh, if you're sitting there on a three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, just having to relax and read, and so it's it's an emotional moment.
1: Yeah, and the fact that it did kind of complete her arc, uh, going back to Han's funeral where in that moment yeah. before she went back out into the rest of the falcon to yeah. be a leader that she could just let her grief be her grief yeah. and share it with somebody she was very close to with yeah. chewy that yeah. that was powerful
3: yeah because the end of last jedi it's it's a You know, this movie where a lot of people die. Yeah. A lot of people die, and and more than I think more so than any other Star Wars movie, in a a different way, too, where there's there's this, not just sacrifices, but there's... It's the plot that the the Resistance is
1: being decimated.
3: Decimated. Dwindled. And so, Last Jedi ends with some, you know, upbeat, you know, hope yeah leia's given ray hope and all that's there we got a porg and i do like leia's descriptions of hey, what is this <laughs> all this, these porgs these boards <laughs> this, this, this ship became a birdcage but it, it it ends on an upswing right it's supposed to be it's like yeah. yay we're doing this we we're got doing everything that. we need we yeah. got everything we need and to have this moment to stop us uh have uh, it, it is leia organa not general leia having that moment yeah so that's great yeah uh also at one point there i i've i loved there's something she's thinking about it Talking about it, um, uh, there's two little moments. It's early on where, actually, there's one little moment where she confirms that Snap Wexley, Jess Pava, and others, including Inferno Squad, are still alive and yeah. on missions. And she's
1: got that great, yeah, that great line about Inferno Squad. Of like, yeah. what if Luke shows up with a bunch of Jedi fighters? What if Inferno Squad appears? Which is yeah. like a call out to uh, the additional content of a video <laughs> game. I, yeah, yeah. Anybody who thinks that uh, Lucasfilm's not working hard to keep it all connected. Yeah. It's this there. Novelization of a movie calls out the plot point from the <laughs> video extra game. content from a video game. But
3: around the same time when she's kind of looking back uh, and when, you know, again, because Luke left. Luke abandoned him in a way. and, and Yeah. That, that, that is a struggle for some of these characters. I love, though, that uh, Luke, uh, she, she is talking about how Luke, uh, thinking I should say, Luke believed the attachments that led Anakin to the dark side also saved him. Therefore, Luke disagreed with Yoda, Obi-Wan, and the Jedi Order. Uh, Luke had been right, and ignoring his teachers shirts had saved them, the Alliance, and the Galaxy. So that, to me, is an interesting statement, whether or not it carries on to the rest of the Star Wars story that uh, you and I have talked about and others. Oh, yeah. And Jennifer here, too, where we talk about, all right, if Rey's going to rebuild the Jedi Order, what is that? What is a new Jedi? Yeah, Is there a new age? What is, does Ahsoka have something to do with that? Um, being more not the gray Jedis, but just, you know, a new version Yeah, of here's some of the mistakes. And so, therefore, when Luke's talking about the hubris of the Jedi order and all that kind of stuff, this, it makes even more sense for me. that yeah. he, he learned that some of the things they thought were wrong. Yeah. It goes back to
1: George Lucas, to The Last Jedi, completing mm-hmm. the story that I think Lucas started in the prequels of. A hero is a hero. That's great. You know, one of the things a hero does is step up when people are in, prob- in trouble. And the Jedi order has become a problem in the way that lots of organizations, because it's too dogmatic. Right. You should be out there freeing slaves, Jedi. Right. And you get the sense that, you know, I, that was one of the passages I like from Luke. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk more about Luke, it's some of the awesome Luke stuff, where he's like, Ray, just go fight. Yeah. So he's not trying to talk her out of fighting. yeah. He's yeah. trying to talk her out of the specific dogma and structure of the Jedi mm-hmm. that never found a way to, as a group, yeah. Be the this ideal hero that the galaxy thinks they are and, and yeah. wants them to be. But why don't you just go do that?
3: It, it is the interesting complication, uh, or a conflict between them and their goals that I like because it is in this uh, again deleted scene. We're going to talk about it more, but it's in the book, so we have to address it. and That's the, the caretaker dance scene and everything. There's a lot of things to that, but that's Luke is literally like laughing. You <laughs> ran so fast, yeah. Um, but also great. See all this stuff. See that you have. Take that. Leave. You don't need what you want from me. This yeah. whole. You don't need a robe. You don't need a dirty old book. You've got it. Go fight. Go save. Like you just said. Like. I love that, and then and and because I think he's right, but then I think Ray's right, and so it's this this conflict to what they're both trying to do, and they're both affecting each other along the way. And right. I thought that played out really well.
1: It, it's just it's the battle between the old and the new, yeah. And I think you know Star Wars continually has that message of like, hey, you know what's uh, a cocktail of the two is pretty awesome yeah. in entertainment and life philosophy. So why don't you go run with that, right?
3: And that to me is the gray area, not the gray Jedi. But yeah. that's the gray area that we, we crave sometimes in storytelling, and I think that's just a weird thing. It just means we hate Jamie Lannister, but we love him. No, yeah. that's, that's, that's the, the nuances of real life, too. Where yeah. I, I think Luke is 100% right, but I think Ray is 100% right, and, and so I love how it plays out there. Yeah.
1: It's a great scene. We even get some great call-outs to like, the, the uh, First Order Stormtrooper program partially being inspired by the Jedi Yeah, taking children. You know, so oh, you get yeah. some connections to like again. May, I know the Jedi. Bomb. I know the Jedi went around peacefully and said, "Hey, may we right. take you know young Ahsoka Tano from her Dagruu family and yeah. raise her?" And then, of course, the parents are like, "Yes, this is an honor." So Sounds it's not. Great. It's not the same as actually literally kidnapping. Yeah, but
3: it's yeah. Is it? It's Hux. That's thinking about it, right? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. It, it's. An, I'm so glad you mentioned that. It's a r- r- random poll, but belongs in this conversation because yes, uh, I, I think it's Hux, but. Because that's part of his program, uh, yeah. you know, the, and it, of course, plays out in the, the video game, too, as well, like you call outs there. Oh, but, yes, because then he's thinking about it, Snoke had it,
1: has yeah. these, these mystical attachments, but he's right. clever enough to be quiet about it. Quiet them. about
3: it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there's a lot there with Hux, yeah. like, Ugh, crazy old Grandpa Snoke <laughs> in his, in his uh, Bible studies. Um, but, like, uh, that Hux is basically, like, I t- I read it as, like, we're just doing what the Jedi did. They yep. kidnapped kids and yanked them out of their homes. Uh, it's, everything's true from a sudden point of view. And exactly. Hux is like, Nah, we're good. We did it. Exactly. We did it too. Exactly,
1: Yeah. And Luke's considering everything from every point of view and seeing yeah. the negative. You know, and, and I think I think we're gonna see that that much more. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, just Ray as like, Hey, y- y- I'm not gonna call you my Padawan or whatever. But do you right. want me to show you some things about the force? Cool. Right. right. Go do go do well in the galaxy. Right. right. And then yeah. we'll see if they need some kind of syllabus later on for their courses. <laughs> but maybe. she's got those books, so maybe she will study up and say, you know what? I Absolutely. like braids, so you're all yeah. going to take the damn braids. Absolutely. Rat tails for Absolutely.
3: everyone. The, the Yoda scene played the same as we kind of transitioned into Luke time. Yeah. Uh, but the Yoda scene was great. Uh, but I think it, it played. It was visually that's something that plays out better in the movie, especially because you know it's going to happen in the book. But there's a lot with Luke that uh, that I love, and you love too.
1: Oh yeah, uh, there's so many things about uh, Luke. I thought it was fascinating that he chose to tell the caretakers that Ray was his niece, <laughs> and I don't know if that's just it was always in the script. If that is something that was a nod to fans' obsession with. Mm. Connections. I mean, it's perfectly logical without it being any sort yeah. of meta-commentary, but it's hard to ignore the possibility yeah. of meta-commentary there. Of like, sure, you're my niece. Yeah. Whatever. You just make it happen. <laughs> just make it happen. Yeah, the
3: stuff of the caretaker's great.
1: Uh, we talked about him uh, encouraging Ray to fight. Uh, this is just a dumb little detail that I really liked. Mm-hmm. I loved that a couple of the Jedi books have these very mystical-sounding names I'm a very big specific. Yeah. Very specific, so it's something that we can you know, focus on and obsess over and maybe hear about again. But I'm a big fan of uh, Lovecraft and Cthulhu, and they have the vibe yeah. of the, the Necronomicon of the Jedi. <laughs> Necronomicon is, of course, a deeply evil, and the Sith would own it. Yeah. But they still have <laughs> yeah, that, so. like, oh, these fabled books. It's just another uh, kind of very pulpy, yeah. old serial genre thing a trope that is really fun to feel pulled into the Star Wars galaxy of getting down deep into that sort of mystical, the yeah. Jedi is, cult. So, like, did the Church of the Force cling to this weird tome that is rumored <laughs> to exist? And I feel like we might get those stories sometime. So just yeah. that one passage excited the hell out of me. It was good. Um, it was good.
3: I, I love Luke returning to the Falcon and stepping back up there, oh yeah uh, you know the chew eating the pork scene flies out pretty much the same. I love Chewie's insight into it um, but uh, there there's just a little bit more and I think it was f- it, it, it I, I'm sorry, I always keep comparing it to the movie and I shouldn't do that um, but I like how it played out here uh, uh, just as much as I like to play it on the movie because there's a little more detail he finds his blast helmet you know his yeah. training helmet, but I love there's a thought of and especially. You know, in light of the prologue, which is Luke having these kind of weird dreams slash visions of the past and what could have been and what's yet to come, here he is just in the Falcon, wondering what that Luke on Tatooine would think about what he'd become. Yeah, because this is where it kind of all launched from. Yeah, and it was a great little little moment.
1: Go, yeah, going yeah. back all the way to the beginning. Um, yeah, we talked about some of my my favorite Luke stuff. That how much his connection to uh, Leia is what was mm-hmm. driving him. To come back, I think some great stuff about uh, how he illustrating what he says that it's hubris to think that the force is can only be known by the Jedi using it. Right. That uh, he feels all of this weight of the significance of his power and his role and his fate and his destiny. But then when he also taps into the force, he's just like, "But I'm also just another." part right. in this endless story. Yeah. And that like that's some great just sort of Star Wars philosophy kind of stuff. <laughs> um I thought it was really interesting in the category of contradicting the movie mm. that Luke's footsteps are heard yeah, when he is entering the cave on uh, on crate. Yeah, how did you feel about that one? Because Ryan Johnson has been explicit about we took so much care. To, there's no Foley. <laughs> the only person he touches is Leia, and that's when Leia knows that
3: he's not really there. I am starting to think that Ryan was gone that day of, on Saturday. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. And I love Ryan. And I love this movie. Yeah, there's there's something to that scene, and even the documentary where it's like. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Ryan, maybe you, maybe you were shooting the second unit that day. <laughs> uh, so I, I did laugh when the scene plays out like that a little bit. You yeah. can hear it. Because they also, he doesn't go directly so much into, it happens quicker when Kylo learns, right? It's just like there's it's a little. two swipes, yeah. It's two swipes, and
1: then Kylo's and like, the side. Yeah, happened? he didn't write about the the back and forth of the yeah. duel too much. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of compresses that. Yeah. Um, and then there is, 3PO is, can see him, yes. but is aware that he's not there and decides not to say it. So it yeah. kind of dances on one of those fan discussion, fun fan discussion points of like Luke force projected himself into C three PO's server <laughs> motors, <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, and it yeah. kind of dances on. Yep, he did, but he did. doesn't do doesn't, anything with it. Care. Yeah. So that that one was a little bit like I kind of wanted to get him yeah. the novel to get crunchy and nerdy about that, but I was also fine that it
3: did. Yeah, and and beautiful written. Execution of the, the 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 story point of of Leia finding out yeah um, that it was just now oh she knew she knew a secret that yeah. was between them it, it's written wonderfully sweet and sensitive and that moment plays out just as effectively as it does on screen yeah uh, from another from another point of view another angle
1: I also like that it has just been it's been uh, suggested by the visual dictionary with uh, when he put the Jedi robes on that he was wearing the robes mm-hmm. uh, because he was going to do a Jedi right. Yeah, and and people inferred that oh he was trying to get up, yeah, bring himself to burn the tree down. I like that it is just now locked in in this book that,
3: mm-hmm.
1: as much as he believed these things, as much as he ranted to the Ray about them, that there was a part of him that didn't believe it and yeah. couldn't ever bring himself to end the Jedi Order and never would have if Yoda yeah. hadn't stepped in right and he still does, and then and then he comes to the epiphany by the end that he did not end the jedi order he helped pass it on, he pass it on yeah. you know so for the for the people and i know most people have either made their decision about the last jedi and they just don't like it which is fine yeah but i know for a long time people really wrestled with i don't want to believe a luke who is that far gone and i just feel mm-hmm. like the movie has always had this information in it now super concrete in the book that he's not yeah. that far gone
3: well no one's ever really gone <laughs> yeah no absolutely that he had tried to, yeah that that uh, we, you mentioned it there we mentioned it before of just like the opening scene and the last scene of force awakens now we know because there you know it is kind of he's out there he's sitting up there what's he doing he's yeah, waiting he for her? did he know she was coming yeah. and so we spent you know two years speculating and it, it I love this angle to no, know he tried to do he he dressed up Try to go down and end it. Couldn't do it. He's probably up there like, what am I doing? Then yeah. all of a sudden this interloper shows up and he's like, damn it. He's already in a mood. Now I, I can't end it. And now what, this person wants me to continue it. And I love the, the there's a, the part of the <laughs> yeah, book where. Yeah, and brought my my dad yeah, and my lightsaber yeah, back my, to me. back to me. Yeah. I love that part of the, there's a part where he talks about, I just don't want, I don't want another orphan coming to me as thinking they're the chosen one.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That this is exactly <laughs> what he's afraid of, of a bunch of, you know, uh, force sensitive orphans. Yeah. Coming yeah. and wanting his training, yeah, a, he opened a, his DMs on Twitter. He's like, "I don't <laughs> want people writing me, man." Don't slide into my DMs. That's <laughs> the Jedi wisdom of Luke Skywalker. I yeah. I want to talk about some lightsaber business too. You like them lightsaber businesses? I do like lightsaber yeah. businesses, and they are two big lightsaber Ooh. business drops. Yeah, hit me. Confirmation that the crystal itself in the in the blade is sheared. Yes. So I you know I, I interpret that as broken. Yeah. Doesn't work anymore. Yeah, but you know that's been a lot of fan discussion of like, well, Ray's going to take the crystal and is she going to build a new lightsaber? Is she going to reconstruct that? Right. But that makes it even. I mean, that it makes sense with the explosion that yeah. the crystal itself would have been sheared. Uh, I'm fascinated with that from a sort of symbolic point of view. That yeah. this is the end of that way of thinking about the Jedi. Mm, this is the yeah. end of the blade of one of the alleged chosen ones, Anakin, and the other alleged chosen one, yeah. Luke and it's not going to pass that baggage is not going to pass on to ray and it's time for her to find something new yeah you know in the image of that blade maybe yeah um so there's that very deep philosophical and then there's the fun nerdy like how many Kyber crystals are there? Is that why <laughs> Kylo has a janky one? Because
3: yeah. the Empire used a lot for he didn't know both it. Death Stars. Well, yeah, uh, uh, you know, yeah, and I do, and I do believe that uh, I'm one of the uh, remember Illum uh, conspiracy theorists at yeah. Illum the Starkiller Base. Absolutely, and uh, so sign me up for that wh- crazy yeah. YouTube rant, uh, yeah. for sure. Where you're going to find it, and that could be a little side adventure in a little book or oh, some, yes. some oh, yes. show
1: that we get. And, of course, the other place you could find yeah. it, and one of my favorite parts of this book, is that addendum uh, with the caretakers, with the yes. people going over, calling Luke the outsider, yeah. and talking about how other outsiders had visited peacefully, and mm-hmm. some had left in rages of flame and hate. and yep. uh, But they just restored everything, and they kept it going, and how much they really did kind of like this outsider. But he's gone now just his robes, and they gathered up all of his stuff, including... His weapon. Yes. Which fairly clearly implies his green lightsaber that we all love so much. Yeah. Is just sitting in a trunk
3: in Caretaker (laughs) Village while they dance with their pirate husbands. It's the the lost and found of uh, Akto Island. Yeah. And makes you wonder what's there. Makes you wonder if, you know, I believe, uh, I believe in terms of the movies, we might be done with Akto. I don't think in terms of Star Wars story. Yeah. Um, you know it's hard to film there and all that kind of stuff you get to replicate those sets. but uh, yeah that the the fact that, the caretakers are like he's gone he was like i said he was nice he insisted on doing most of his own chores <laughs> it kind of put us out yeah, yeah it's but, like uh, yeah. A, when you're in a hotel and you <laughs> yeah. won't let
1: the uh, any of the caretakers in you're <laughs> just like i'm locked in in this hotel in vegas for
3: three days that's that's me after <laughs> four days they're like sir what's going on but um like don't i have podcasting gear in there stay by of my room um there's that but they, yeah that they're you know outsiders have come before and, and outsiders will come again yeah so there's something there and yeah you're you're right that big uh, the the dangling participle of the green light, yeah, just hanging out there. Oh, uh, the dangling green <laughs> the hashtag. Dangling. The
1: dangling green. And that's <laughs> no one's not gonna take off. But uh, yeah, how did you feel about that? Did you want to just? Did it uh, mm-hmm. uh, light that nerd flame in you? That just made like Ray go back talk to and get the yeah. green lightsaber, yeah.
3: or are you more like move on? Uh, no, I'm. I'm intrigued by that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it's where I understand slightly some of the frustration of uh, hey, I read the Phasma novel and I don't think it really paid off in in the, in the movie as much. I I don't necessarily always agree with that, but I understand it because we invest ourselves into this. Yeah. So I think of. Uh, all right, I, I finally said on air that I, I, I don't really care about the Knights of Ren and I don't care if they show up in 9. The reason is because I was intrigued by it yeah. and loved the Acolytes of Beyond uh, with and in, in, in uh, Windig's Aftermath series. Still love that, because it still might tie to something. It still might tie directly in the Knights of Ren. I don't think so anymore. But the choices now uh, made in the story in 8 make me think the Knights of Ren are just... It's just... It's fluff. It's cool looking folks in cool gear. I love that. You guys know I love the Biker Scouts and the Royal Guards and the Praetorian Guards, but I don't think it adds to anything. And I think Snoke was like, oh, Ren and your little band of friends, get out of here with that. So I don't think it's as important, but this scene, so this is where. Like, the Acolytes of Beyond pulled me into that story where they're yeah. chasing down Vader's lightsaber and all that kind of stuff. Right. So where are they? Where other, are they? The What's going on? Lightsabers. Yeah. yeah. So this this casual mention of, we grabbed his stuff and we put it in the hotel lost and found. Eh, maybe other people come back and it's his weapon. It, that's very intriguing to to me. It pulls me yeah. Back.
1: The true weapon of the master. You know, once yeah. he f- fully come into himself and it was not for Luke, it was not legacy from his father. It was right. it a is. new a new blade, his yeah. blade. Anyway, um uh, I want to make sure that we have time to talk about any Luke stuff, but yeah. there is a, a First Order business related to Knights of Wren and, and yeah. what you were just talking about with Force. So you have any other thoughts on no, that?
3: No, no. I mean, we'll be pulling more from Luke, uh, I'm sure. And, 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 and oddly enough, this, this book is worth a reread for a lot of those yeah. little type of things. But yeah. yeah, there is a lot with Snoke, a lot yeah. of insight into good yeah. old Uncle Snokey.
1: Snoke and the First Order in the yeah. first note I had ties directly what you were saying about Knights of Ren yeah. with all of the dangling plot threads. There's a line about there are no other force users. Right. That it's just Snoke with his weird mysticism and then that he keeps kind of quiet and then Kylo being loud and proud and weird about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, now, th- this could be, uh, you know, don't trust the narrator, unreliable narrator. Right. Because uh, I can't remember whose thoughts we were in at that moment. I think I get, it's Hux. I think it's Hux. Um, so it's, but you combine that with Hux believes there are no other force users right. in the first order, mm-hmm. you combine that with the question of who or what are the Knights of Ren, mm-hmm. you combine that with he slaughtered most of my students, yeah. but took a couple. And he only so had
3: 12. He only yeah. had
1: 12. So how many did he take? Right. Where are they? That's, just, that's all really juicy to me. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I never thought of it before, but if like those, maybe Kylo, did Kylo successfully hide them from Snoke? Yeah. Is his own little posse? It doesn't seem like he has the
3: emotional maturity to have done that. Right. But where are they? That's, yeah. The question of where are the Knights of Ren is very valid, and it's something that I do want an answer to. I'll be clear. I do want an answer to. I just think what you also touched upon there is, is accurate, that I don't think Kylo would hang out with his high school friends anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is what I view the Knights of Ren. If they, it, it makes sense that they would form out of what Luke is telling Ray. He yeah. killed most of my students, took some, took some others. I do think that's possibly the Knights of Ren, though the acolytes of beyond going back to Wendeck novel, yeah. really they aren't force users. They just wear these helmets and get kind of possessed by Sith yeah, goblins of the back worshippers, yeah. worshippers. So it's all interesting there. It is interesting, but it just to me shows you that like Kylo's kind of moved on. He's got other things, and he wouldn't necessarily know what to do with that. And I don't think they would show back up. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That that's why my interest in them, at least appearing in the story in a big way, is no longer there. Okay, but. Could Kylo have said, all right, crazy Uncle Snoke's gone. I need my buddies back. All right. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. It's all there. But it's all there. This is intriguing stuff, though. Yeah. A lot of stuff with Snoke. Here's
1: yeah. It. And, and if a couple of those students survived mm-hmm. and Kylo let them live for some reason, they're just out there. Right. They, is oh, that, yeah. Is that a uh, push-pull point between Ray? Does Ray go, try to go find those students? Yeah. Right. You know. It's
3: Jason Sindula Jerris. Yeah.
1: That's the <laughs> it's, next it's probably one. just leaving yeah. open the endless story of Jason Sindula. <laughs> uh, now, mm-hmm. the, the, most of my notes are about basically this expanded backstory yes. that we got, confirming a lot of the,
3: uh, connecting a lot of the dots. Yeah. Of uh, the Empire, the remnants and ragtag leftover fleet of the Empire, the unknown regions in Snoke. Yep. So we get
1: the picture that even before these calculations that get completed mm-hmm. uh, in Aftermath right. novel that show the way from Jakku, a safe path into the unknown regions, mm-hmm. that it seems like even before that, the Empire was setting up resources, yeah. shipyards, weapons. A lot of it, yeah. To make, so that's just explicitly said. And then I love that it's explicitly said that uh, the, the remnants of the Empire show up Mm-hmm. They have all of these potential leaders, which was a great list yes. of
3: characters. Fascinating list. It, it, I, it's Gallius Rax, Ray Sloan, Ormies Opelin, which is from the Bloodlines novel, and, of course, Brendel Hawks, yeah.
1: Yeah, and how they all didn't make it, but yep. Snoke did, so that's a great, juicy story to tell. That's when we kind of assumed that Snoke's yep. like, oh, nice little military force you have here. Uh, yeah. I think I'll take that. But then the other detail, that they were unprepared mm-hmm. for the horrors. yes. In the conflicts of the unknown regions. Yeah. So that they were, uh, it sounds like a lot of them got slaughtered by weird monsters, basically. Yes. It makes it sound like that. It, but then they also, there's a passage even earlier that talks about how the First Order has conquered mm-hmm. the different competing civilizations. Yes. Which makes it seem like big flashing lights that say Thrawn failed.
3: Yeah. The Chiss fell. Yeah no yeah absolutely uh, there's a lot to that there uh, going deep into going uh, Star Wars nerd domain. I am uh, reading the Thrawn comic adaptation adaptation of the novel now yeah and I'm liking it better because the good old Timothy Zahn who I love that novel was a little slow and and, and too juicy for me at times yeah. like I wanted to, like all right give Come give on. me uh, I got lost in some of it uh, I'll admit that and the comic is is showing like Jody Hauser's written a, yeah, a great, great succinct story of of what's going on and how you know he it's Ron is just like there's there's problems out there there's threats to my people which again i knew from the story but it's highlighted more and so now to so i i read that last week and then i read the novel this past weekend and i'm like what the hell's going on out there? Yeah, kind of yeah. crazy Cthulhu monsters. <laughs> yeah, you can say it. The Yuuzhan Vong—they better not be there. But there could be something going on, and the fact that the Empire wasn't ready and we're getting slaughtered by it, yeah, is it,
1: interesting. As long as the Yuuzhan Vong don't just aren't just like anti-force things, yeah. spaces beings, events, and I know there's more to them than that. they—they they can. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I like the Force Connect and everything. Anyway, right. uh, that's fascinating and just makes it sound like there's so much more to Thrawn's story, you know? Yeah. Maybe some of the horrors that they weren't prepared for were Purgles. Yeah, good old Purgles. <laughs> the, the horror ju- of the Purgles. And
3: just getting around. We know that. That's why he's got his alien, you know, mute alien navigators there in yeah. the throne room with him because getting around the, the unknown regions were a problem, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. So so much uh, fleshing out. And then uh, the idea that. Palpatine uh, sensed Darth Sidious, we know from many other novels and sources, Mm -hmm. sensed some great truths of the Force and the dark side of the Force. In this passage where Snoke is just like, yeah, and I knew them. (laughs) I already knew them, and that's what has allowed me to be this master manipulator of all of these events of... Inserting myself into the Skywalker clan and on and on.
3: Well, yeah, and uh, the piggyback on that point, it it got me excited. Was how he was he was kind of watching Luke, and he felt like I need to get in his way, basically. Like you just said, like I need to insert myself into the Skywalker storyline in some way because I don't like what's going on with this guy. Yeah, Uh, I really like that too. That Stoke, like we kind of known had been watching. That's part of the mysterious nature of his character, but it's laid out here a little bit more. Yeah. So there's a question of
1: like, what are those? Secrets? Is that always just going to be a right. fun, ooh, or is that you know opening the door to more storytelling, like we got in Star Wars Rebels with the world between worlds? That yeah. there's uh, you know. Uh, I also liked uh, that it was made explicit that Kylo learned this really advanced form of invading people's minds. Yes, because that was a force, uh, you know, ability mm-hmm. that Snoke had discovered yeah. or pioneered and that maybe Palpatine and Vader weren't masters of even though we see right. Anakin push into people's minds a little, bit a little bit in Clone Wars. Yeah. Um but uh, I'm fascinated to see if we're going to see some of those bigger mysteries and that idea of him like you're saying totally invading the Skywalkers it makes me even think like how much of the events of Bloodline did he specifically set in motion right. so that it was exposed to the whole galaxy that the Skywalker family was connected to, to Vader because mm. he knew that would upset all of the Apple Cards. Right. Yeah. And there's the suggestion that he wanted Luke to start the Jedi training yeah. temple because he knew it would make Luke confront his fears and it would
3: make uh, Ben Solo more vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. He's there, you know it's like when when Leia tells Han in Force Awakens about Snoke and, and openly blaming him and openly knowing like so it's it's intriguing to me. It makes me more interested in 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 the Snoke character, and I'm still very much happy that he died. If yeah. that makes sense. Oh yeah, you yeah. Because
1: I think that with all of his abilities, we just we see a little bit of a similar story that we have with the Emperor of that yeah. sort of that you know your overconfidence is your weakness. Yeah. And I it excites me. You know, there's no end of Star Wars characters. The first time we meet them, they die. Yeah. Obi Wan Kenobi. First right. Star Wars <laughs> property ever. He dies. dies. And we have a wealth of storytelling. I'm still I love this
3: character. Yeah. And I'm excited to see all these stories in the past. Play out. Yeah. Play out. Uh yeah, a lot there. Nothing nothing much about his slippers. But I'm okay with it. Uh, the uh, uh, two great descriptions of his robes. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes,
1: indeed. And the pain in his body yes, and all indeed.
3: that. Uh, a lot there. A lot there. Where the Ray maybe learning a little bit from Kylo in terms of yes. skills when their minds are connected. Yeah. yeah. How did you feel about that one? That uh, that almost
1: seems like I, I liked it because I think it's pretty logical. But in, mm. it almost seemed also like I want to refute some of these. Why is she so powerful? Is she a Mary Sue? Discussions. Of, yeah. Well, here's the answer. She. Yeah, he, when she talks about something inside her uh, awakening, mm-hmm. it happens in when she first gets on the Falcon because she literally yeah. says, "I felt something." Felt something. Um, it happens when she listens to what Maz said and listens to the call of the Force and defeats Kylo in the in the woods of Starkiller Base. But right. explicitly, like, I saw that I could do these things because he unlocked them in my mind.
3: Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a covering up of a plot hole. My YouTube video, the 13 plot holes being covered up in Last Jedi, Disney Hates Us is going to be out soon. Yes. Um, it was, uh, an answer. Yeah. And if you have questions out there, you should always ask the questions. Uh, we ask questions, but then sometimes you get an answer. You might not like that answer, but I like that answer. Yeah. She's I, connected. Downloading some information. Yeah.
1: It Makes connects sense. to the thing that she ne- does next is a mind trick, which yeah. is a low level version. I would think of yeah. what just. Happened to her, and she just did yes. back to Kylo. So yeah. that makes it make uh, a lot of sense.
3: You're absolutely, and that, that, that interrogation torture scene. She she learns it right then. Yeah, she's being defeated by Kylo. Oh wait, I'm feeling something. Yeah, I can do that too. And uh, I love to uh, that they they kind of plainly. Uh, you know, assert there that Snoke just overlooked her because she was a, a know nothing girl. Yeah. That just kind of had this feeling of like he, he was careless with it. So yeah. he might have contributed to it un- unwillingly because he he connected them in some way. You know, like yeah. I love that. I His love that thing. Overconfidence. Over getting your faith in your friend in your- um, So that's kind of the big stuff there. We can round down. I know we were running uh, long here, but it's all right. We love to break down these novels. And, and The Last Jedi, the story is so multi layered and juicy that uh, it would make sense the yeah. novel has a lot of it
1: it too. goes on and on uh, I know you have notes did you have mm-hmm. other like just little fun things um,
3: we ended up covering most of it in other parts of the story there um, I'm trying to just scan 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 uh, no yeah I, I did cover it all there in terms of just the little tiny things I pulled out uh, from the story uh, I did t- Poe uh, I talked about him reminiscing about Yavin that little segment I loved how it closed with uh, Him thinking, well, and Luke left to pursue, uh, pursuing ancient secrets and strange amid strange stars. So it was kind of known. I think maybe in my mind now, I'm thinking Luke was like, hey guys, galaxy's good. Got it. I'm going to go on a trip. Yeah. Like, all right, Luke's
1: gone. He's like, Luke's uh, following the Grateful Dead around. Like, yeah, it's got that real, like,
3: we don't understand what you're doing, but we know on the surface what you're doing. And I think, you know, that Pilio might have been the first stop. Yeah. Pick up a compass and he's off. And off, and off running. off so, and running. So, yeah, yeah that
1: was great. Compass that the Linnae caretakers have now. Uh, this is a passage that I wanted to highlight, or, or not a passage, but just a bit of information. When uh, Ray is thinking about Jakku, she talks about the Tito worshipping this some old man who meditates mm. in the same way that Luke does, in the same pose. I was wondering if that was a call-out to Laura Santeca.
3: Yeah, yeah, you know what? I'm glad you pointed that out. I kind of overlooked that. Um worst you've been in right because yeah he was yeah that's or or there's an you know yet another jedi we need to learn about no no yeah. that's interesting that there's makes some sense just, yeah it seemed to me a
1: little yeah. bit of like just kind of like tossing it out there does anybody else want to play with like the church of the force was on jakku they right. were doing for things, reasons you know yeah, yeah and maybe ray just drove by one on a speeder once and like what's that old what's man that doing? Yeah. Tito that go into him uh, I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. I like the door that was left open when uh Luke thought it's been many years since I've seen Yoda. Yeah. But that was all many years. Yeah. But that could be five. Five. Two, you know? Three. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But yeah, yeah. The fact that yeah, yeah. The fact that he and Yoda can can uh, commune before too is interesting to me going forward with what we might. Get yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and I think uh, the last thing that I wanted to bring up was I liked, and this is not a deep philosophical thing as we yeah. end on, but a a little dumb detail. I liked that Holdo had to override the protections yes to make the uh, jump, and that the jump was already calculated to go in that direction. It just added a lot of technical yeah. stuff to be like, yep. hey. Hey, hey everybody! This is why you can't just do this all the time because it's right. complex. It's space uh, flight, and everything has to line up Ed the po, right way at the yeah. right time. And
3: Poe would put in the coordinates.
1: Poe had already programmed the Nava yep. computer, yeah. and it, she had to override all these controls. And it, she and she was lucky that the shot lined up. Yep. So like, yep. yeah, you can't just be like, this is how we fight wars. We get a big ship and somebody who's willing to die, and then we just <laughs> shoot into light speed at each right. other all the time because it's. Not
3: wasteful, and it's, it's wasteful. It's not yeah. practical, and it's hard to do. It's it's uh, obviously one of my favorite scenes in the movie, and so I was curious how it would play out in the books because you you don't have the visuals behind it. Yeah, and it played out really well, and that's that's you get inside Holdo's mind too yeah. there too. Yeah. But yeah, and 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 the the horror when the first orders when PV and Yago the guys are like what the what oh what's happening? A great moment where they're like oh, Hux is
1: going to overreact to the ship coming around. Yes, and then he doesn't, and they're all so happy like maybe he's learning. Maybe and then learning? like, oh, oh
3: crap! We all should God, have uh, it. should have learned and pay attention. Yeah, great, well, great book. A lot of great stuff, guys. If you've uh, listened and you're still like, I don't know if I'm going to read the novel. I hope our uh, hour twenty here has convinced you to read this <laughs> novel. But if you uh, read it along with us, you read it uh, before. I, I want you to uh, let us know what you think about uh, this little uh, little novelization of this little space war movie. Jason Fry did a great job, as Joseph said. Two lights sabers up for us. So the next big Star Wars novel, I believe, is Throne Alliances. Yep. Oh, well, no last oh, shot. No,
1: last shot's coming out first, Ooh, yeah. right in before the movie, which is fascinating. Yeah. Ah.
3: yeah, absolutely. So that will be interesting as well. And, hey, if you want to listen to novels, uh, Star Wars novels, I should mention that uh, you can go to audibletrial.com slash Force Center and try a free audio book at a 30-day trial and have one on us. We recommend The Last Jedi. That's right. Listen <laughs> away. Absolutely. So, for Joseph Scrimshaw and his wonderful insights into this prose, and me liking the extra scene with Tally Lintra, <laughs> we'll see you next time here on Four Center. Four Center.